Let's get a few things straight. Somebody high up has been actively lying to the Dutch Coast Guard about a critical piece of firefighting information, which would be the number of EVs actually on board the Fremantle Highway. The official number of EVs on board jumped from 25 when the fire first broke out on Wednesday. It's now officially 500 EVs on board, more or less. Oh, sorry, did I say 25? I meant 500. Sorry, mate. Please state the authoritative source which definitely and irrefutably states that an EV battery actually caused the fire. That's from the kind of bottom-feeding EV zealot who typically inhabits the YouTube comments feed. There's been rather a lot of that following my first report on this fire. I'll put a link to that up there if you're interested. This is the kind of personal opinion virtuous twat you have to deal with routinely online. They seem to take a great effort to miss the point. The issue is not what caused the fire, it's what made it so severe. And this fire is so severe and so long-lasting and so unable to be fought because of the presence of EVs. This is called a fact. Liking it is optional. We should immediately rename this vessel the SS Dutch Oven, in my view. It's an electrochemical oven, clearly. And also a salient warning on just how bad humanity is botching the critical details of the so-called decarbonisation of transportation. We'll get to that at the end. They shouldn't really even be calling this a fire because it's not a fire, at least not in the way that ordinary people think of a fire, you know, sitting around the campfire, braiding each other's hair, singing fucking kumbaya, or calling the fire brigade and watching them put the neighbour's house out, usually by spraying it with water. The Dutch oven is actually hosting an unstoppable hellscape chemical reaction. You cannot fight it, and the Dutch Coast Guard has not been fighting it, despite what the media routinely reports. They've been waiting for it to go out, because that's all you can do in these circumstances. They did spray the ship with water to stop the fire from overheating the hull and causing catastrophic structural collapse, which may still occur, by the way. They stopped spraying it with water when the Dutch oven developed a profound tilt over to the right. And they put some emergency services personnel on it just the other day to attach more robust tow lines. If that's firefighting, okay. But if firefighting means actually fighting the fire, as in taking steps to suppress the fire and put it out sooner than it might otherwise choose to go out on its own, well... They have not been doing that. Pro tip, when a brand new combustion vehicle goes onto a ship, it rolls off the production line with five litres of fuel in the tank, typically. By the time it gets on board the ship, there's probably about four litres on board. And if there's ballpark two and a half thousand combustion cars on board the Dutch oven, that's 10,000 total litres of fuel widely distributed, all in four-litre, separately sealed containers, all of it requiring access to copious free air to sustain combustion. Pro, pro tip, 
limiting the access to air by shutting down the ship's ventilation system is the primary fire suppression measure on that ship. There are no windows on the decks. When the ventilation goes off, a fire typically dies, or at least it dies down, provided it's a fire that requires air. That doesn't work with batteries. They decompose exothermically and they make their own oxygen gas. This is a huge problem. Whether EVs had anything to do with precipitating the blaze, the number on board is relevant to what's likely to be a days-long effort to put it out. Lithium-ion battery fires burn hotter and last longer than gasoline. They can also be difficult to extinguish. You'd think an esteemed specialist publication such as Automotive News Europe would be just a bit smarter than that. There is no effort to put this fire out, it's just a waiting game. And it is not, quote, difficult to extinguish. In practice, it's impossible. The one thing they did get right in that quote is that the number of EVs makes the onboard fire so much more severe. It's been days now since I got the electric utopians offside using the high-tech miracle of facts. I get that, like to some, EVs are a religion and you're insulting their religion when you criticize the subject of it. But here are the facts, okay? 500 EVs times 400 kilos of battery apiece equals 200,000 kilos of batteries. That's 200 tons of self-sustaining hellscape chemical reaction, also known as a thermal runaway, of which Satan himself would be rather proud. And he is an elite performer at this, especially around Adolf Hitler, as I understand it. The Dutch oven is literally a floating kiln. It's a furnace of toxic shitstorm. Two and a half thousand combustion cars equals 10,000 litres of hydrocarbon fuel in total. Call that eight tonnes of hydrocarbon fuel versus 200 tonnes of batteries, which burn hotter and longer when Satan calls them into service on the high sea obviously, as evidenced by all of the pictures around this incident. This explains why the Dutch oven has been alight for five long days and not going out anytime soon. In fact, it's the only plausible explanation. So suck it up, EV zealot. The facts don't care how you feel about them. Mommy and Daddy were wrong. Your feelings don't matter at all. This is reality knocking on the door. A Volkswagen spokesperson said the company was actively investigating whether it had vehicles on the Dutch oven, but was unable to provide further information. Well, Satan's there. His henchman from Wolfsburg wouldn't typically be that far away. BMW and even Three Prong have fessed up. They've got vehicles on board. And the Dutch oven did begin this particular voyage of the damned in Germany. As dot joining sequences go, this is not an especially long one, I'd suggest. How plausible is it exactly that a major car maker does not know if it has vehicles on a particular ship at a particular time, especially this one? Can it really take Volkswagen five long days to investigate this? Like, last time I was in the middle of a car loading dock at one of the world's largest car assembly plants, 
Every vehicle was barcoded. Their location status is known and tracked 24-7. It's in the matrix. This is classic Volkswagen PR right here. Like, we're just not ready to admit it yet. We'd rather lie for the time being. It's how we roll. We're still basking in the glory of sinking the Felicity Ace 18 months ago, if you don't mind. And that wasn't as criminal as Dieselgate. The Dutch oven is a 200 metre long floating car park right next to a world heritage area, off-gassing endless cubic kilometres of highly toxic shit. These are facts. It could well sink. It's almost certainly totaled along with its contents, representing a massive loss of embodied energy, which would be CO2 emitted to no enduring benefit. In other words, it's a throwaway baked in toxic chemicals and emitting a toxic plume that travels wherever the wind takes it. What can we take away from this? Is there something we might learn? Is there the glint of something positive within the middle of this dark cloud. The Dutch oven is in fact a mad real life experimental demonstration of my own personal future EV nightmare. A glimpse into the reality the electric utopians will not admit exists. If you're a proud son or daughter of an Anzac, i.e. an Australian, Imagine the underground car park at the Sydney Opera House, for example. If you're not from around here, just imagine the biggest underground car park you've ever been in. That one at the Opera House has 1,200 spaces. It's wholly underground. Fire suppression is primarily by switching the ventilation system off. There's one exit. It's a hell of a choke point. In the future, electric utopia. There could easily be 500 EVs parked down there. And only one of them has to malfunction for it to go all Dutch oven on us. EVs don't burn more often than conventional cars. I'm not saying they do, but when they do, it is tremendously more epic. This is the paradox of low probability, high consequence events. If you roll any dice often enough, that horrible event will eventually occur. The Dutch oven is in many ways a salient model of a potential future disaster in an underground car park inside a big city near you. The battery pack, for example, in a Tesla Model X contains over 7,000 individual cells. That's a lot of potential fault modes, failure mechanisms, James Reason, that's a lot of slices of Swiss cheese, right? If just one of those cells malfunctions and gets to roughly the auto-ignition temperature of a piece of paper, physics says it will go into thermal runaway because that's what happens. It's a blowtorch then and there's no valve to shut it off. Every cell in the battery pack will be quickly consumed. The other EVs and any combustion vehicles nearby are a done deal. Nothing firefighters can do will stop the fire. Nothing. In the centre of a big city, hundreds of people might easily be injured with dozens killed. Burning EVs emit hydrofluoric acid, hydrogen cyanide, carbon monoxide, and they emit toxic heavy metal compounds, including cobalt. You don't even have to breathe the wrong cobalt compounds. Just getting them on your skin is enough to get poisoned. 
You don't even have to be in the car park running through smoke in a panic, searching for an exit with your two little kids. Imagine that. If you're unlucky enough simply to be walking the dog on the street past a ventilation stack at the wrong time, you're fucked. We've already had a situation in Victoria where two firefighters suffered cobalt poisoning after attending an EV fire and have now been permanently disabled as a result. That's a statement from Greg McConville from the United Firefighters Union of Australia reported by the ABC. Mr McConville describes the emissions from a burning EV as a quote, extraordinary array of deadly toxic gases. Do you think Chris Bowen, the federal minister for IQ management, is up to the task of legislating appropriate preemptive safeguards on this road to electric utopia because I fucking well don't. Perhaps the shadow minister for in pants, poopy and coal, among his many other portfolios, might have done a better job. But I don't think so. He seems like the quintessential hard-working, backbenching public servant to me. Not. As does the honourable Mr Potato Head, Starchy Voldemort, shadow minister for not having a policy on anything. I'm sure he's on it, protecting us all. At a state level, perhaps we could once have looked to luminaries such as Osama Bin Chicken. She was such a hard worker, that lady. The former queen of corruption and former minister for Ibises. I'm sure she'd just, I don't know, follow the health advice. They're all such high caliber people with such a long track record of putting the public first. Like Braz, for example. What a legend. These fuckers and many more washed up lawyer public purse leeches just like them are busily going out to lunch and legislating things such as multi-thousand dollar fines for anyone who dares to park in a dedicated EV charging space, but they can't be fucked even telling people to head upwind in the aftermath of an EV crash if they see any smoke. I doubt that they would even know what a good idea this is. It is in fact the most basic EV fire health advice I could give anyone. As for the complexities of systematic protection in confined spaces where there are likely to be dozens of EVs in close proximity and a high population density immediately outside in the electric utopia of the future, that, I would argue, is simply beyond them. They don't have the cognitive capacity even to listen to experts. A few dozen people are going to need to get badly injured before shitheads of this nature lift a finger. And then it will mainly be to point out how it's all quite sad, but really not their fault. And then there's you, dude, wondering if perhaps you should install your new EV charger inside your garage, right under the kiddies' bedrooms, or perhaps the master bedroom. Pro tip, it's a hell of a bad idea. EVs are more likely to melt down when recharging than at any other time. It doesn't even have to be the EV's fault though, does it? Blame is so irrelevant here. A rat could eat the wrong wire in the wall and the EV could just be there. Or a power tool battery could just go up and the ensuing fire could consume your EV. Best put your charger as far away from the dwelling as possible, I'd suggest. At the very least, on an external wall so that you can charge up your EV 
outside the fucking dwelling. Next time you are deep in an underground car park, A, park as far from the EV charging stations as possible, and B, clock the exits, because you might really need them under pressure, and there might be sweet fuck all time to get you and the family out of danger. In the worst case scenario, if that kicks off and you're deep in it, literally, you're almost certainly going to have to leg it to safety. Driving out will not be an option because of the choke point phenomena in underground car parks. And keep following the news on the Dutch oven because Satan is very entertaining when they let him off the chain here onto the mortal coil. And the whole thing is a highly instructive window into the nightmare future where EVs are instrumental in saving the planet one humongous hazmat incident at a time.